So Kat, who is Five Eye Capital? Um, yeah, so Five Eye Capital is, um, we believe, the first venture capital firm in Asia Pacific, um, outside of China, um, to focus solely on cybersecurity ventures. Um, we're looking to invest in cybersecurity startups um, in the seed through to Series A stage. Um, we think we'll allocate some capital to um, later stage ventures and also quite interested in, you know, a lot of promising university commercialization opportunities that are currently in the pipeline. Um, we're not actually um, impact investors, but we do have a very strong social impact theme running through um, both our firm and we've reflected that social impact theme um, in our investment philosophy. And um, so really we're looking for Asia Pacific's um, visionary founders, the game-changing startups in cybersecurity, but also really investments that will make a positive social impact. Right, that sounds really interesting. Could you tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to be involved in 5i? Yeah, um, so for most of my professional career, um, I worked as a lawyer and consultant in financial services, um, principally funds management, um, I'm also a board director. I've served on a number of boards um, over the years, um, community legal centres, health, social services, social enterprises and the government sectors. Um, so I trained and worked as a lawyer at what is now um, King and Wood Mallison um, and then moved from there into um, in-house counsel roles, first at um, County NetWest, which no longer exists, um, and then at, at NAB. Um, and then um, I, we had a stint in Hong Kong, which saw me leading um, regulatory compliance projects um, in um, Asia Pacific for global banks and sovereign funds. And this was done um, through PricewaterhouseCoopers. Um, so when I got back to Australia, I established my own um, legal and regulatory compliance consulting practice and um, worked mainly on longer term projects for global fund managers as well as Australian financial institutions and government entities. And then in um, 2018, I started com having conversations with my now two co-founders, um, Trevor Chudley and Michael Fieldhouse, um, exploring possibilities in the venture space and whether the three of us um, could um, work together and start something together. And what we ended up doing um, was honing in really on cybersecurity in Asia Pacific. Um, as a vertical, um, we, we, we worked out that it, it's um, really underserved, um, it's underinvested, it's not well understood, and it also, for us, um, that was really important, it also had very clear, identifiable social impact linkages. Um, and this was, of course, thanks to uh, Michael Fieldhouse's expertise. Um, he um, and, and his networks. He's he's a cybersecurity strategist, and he's also the founder of um, what has been a hugely impactful autism at work program, which finds and trains and supports people on the autism spectrum in cybersecurity roles, um, called the Dandelion Program, which is which is still running to this day. Um, Trevor Chudley, on the other hand, at the time was based in Singapore. And um, he was working at that time for uh, the Singapore Government Asset Management Arm Fullerton. 
Trevor is a long-term um, investment professional who has lived and worked in Asia on and off for the last 30 years. Um, he's also um, a fluent Japanese speaker. Um, he led the Japanese and um, then the global, um, and by global we mean um, ex, ex the US and ex Australia business uh, for Vanguard, which is one of the largest um, index funds, fund managers um, in, in the world. Um, so we decided to set up, because of the, the Singapore connection there, we decided to set up Five Eye in Singapore at first rather than Australia. Um, and this is really um, two reasons. First, um, recognizing that um, accessing a healthy pipeline of cyber investments would require a, a regional focus and not just um, looking to um, startups here in Australia. There, there's just not enough activity. Um, and secondly, um, Singapore had just then um, established a simplified, low-cost, um, really straightforward, easy licensing regime um, solely for venture, startup venture capital managers. So you know that that sort of opened the door to us to sort of um, set up as a as a firm, um, as a licensed um, manager um, in in a jurisdiction that's you know very 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 well recognised and, and very um, familiar to to Australia, and also um, a, a centre really for a, a regional rather than just a uh, a single country jurisdiction um, focus. Um, we were joined by Michael Liu. There's, there's more Michaels than, than in a very small firm. So Michael Liu um, joined us in 2019, um, and he he really rounds us out um, and strengthens our expertise. He's an investment banker banker by by profession, um, and he's also um, done a huge amount of work in, in global fintech, um, and and he's got a, a very strong technical financial background. Um, he served as um, MD of World Remit, which is a, a super high-growth um, fintech startup with a with a global footprint. So that sort of um, fintech startup sort of investment banking background, you know, was really helped us sort of I think round out our expertise amongst the principals. Um, and and I suppose you know we we looked at Five Eye, um, and and Five Eye is really um, a play on the Five Eyes security intelligence arrangements um, that's between Australia, New Zealand, um, the US, Canada, and the UK. And we were, were looking for a name that would reflect our sole focus on cybersecurity, and uh, we landed on Five Eye. Um, and this year, of course, has seen um, COVID 19 imposing you know, structural barriers to people movement, particularly. Um, which we think is, is likely to extend for the next 12 to 18 months. And we've also um, moved into a, a period where the Singapore government has, um, and, 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 and probably rightly so, um, concerns that um, any employers or any potential businesses that are opened and, and, and licensed in their jurisdiction employ local Singaporeans. So there's a there's a real push and, and quite a lot of pressure actually on on doing that. So um, so the the people movement restrictions plus um, this real um, I, I suppose imperative from the government to to start employing more people um, causes to rethink our base. And so from October um, we will operate from Australia. Um, Trevor has returned to Melbourne. Um, he served out his 14 days hotel quarantine in Sydney a couple of weeks ago. 
Um, and what we will do then is really work in partnership with um, an Australian licensed entity um, and, and, and look to setting up our, our, our base and, and focusing our base here. We will absolutely keep our regional focus. We continue to believe very strongly that we need to look regionally rather than just in Australia. And we will, of course, continue to build and maintain our networks and relationships across the region. Wow, so you guys all seem to have such varied backgrounds. I like that you can come and meet together and bring all that expertise. Yeah, no, that's, and, and I think that's one of the reasons why we, we did come together. Um, and one of the reasons why um, I think that we are really quite a strong team. And if, you, if, if we um, talk about our, um, the, the people who have come on board as, as advisors, it's a really varied, very diverse um, skills, experience, backgrounds. Um, and, and we really believe that, you know, the, the, the strength of any organisation, um, you know, the intellectual capacity, the ability to sort of um, work through um, problems and, and come up with, with the best solutions really reflects the um, diversity of the team. And um, we look for that as well in, in the startups that we look, we, we look for. Great. Uh, to move to talk, talk to more about 5i rather than the individuals, mm -hmm. why did you guys land on cybersecurity and why did you choose the Asia-Pacific as the region to concentrate on? Yeah. Um, so I think we, we believed, so that back in 2018, and we, we believe it even more now, um, you know, that really the time to invest in cyber is now. Um, clearly, the, you know, um, COVID has accelerated our shift to living and working digitally and every aspect of our lives and every level of society, um, from individuals to nation states, have got digital touch points, multiple digital touch points and multiple digital touch points that are vulnerable to cyber insecurity. So we see a, 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 quite a big gap in capability um, in terms of capability in investing in, in, in cybersecurity. Um, and it, we see that even amongst, um, you know, VC, established VC and NTE firms and institutional investors who have a, a very, who've had a, a long track record and a, a strong focus in um, tech investing. So, you know, there, there's, there seems to be, um, it, it seems to have been left behind. It, it's one of those things where, um, you know, they, they're quite, investors are quite keen to look at um, health tech and fintech, um, ag tech, and, you know, every other tech that you can think of. But cybersecurity itself has seems, seems to have um, been lagging uh, and, and lagging quite, quite a lot. So we, we've brought together a, a team um, which really has cyber expertise at, at its core and really understands and, you know, through their network as well, able to assess cyber opportunities technically and strategically, um, but, but also through an investment lens um, and using investment di um, disciplines. So, you know, we, we, we believe with our cyber um, expertise at our core, we really are positioned to seek out and uncover the opportunities that get missed um, or really misunderstood by, by general investors. Um, 
and our, and our scan really of um, cybersecurity startups, of um, mergers and acquisitions happening in that space and investment activities um, has indicated to us that really the best opportunities for startups and for investors are here in our own backyard. And, and by that I mean regionally rather than just in Australia. Um, you know, we, we, we all know that um, the United States and Israel really dominate um, cybersecurity globally. Um, in our region, China um, is, is, is the dominant player, both in terms of um, startups, um, M&A, and, and investing. Um, and the, but the level of cybersecurity activity, if you look at um, startups, in investment, mergers and acquisitions in our region outside of China, it's just a tiny little blip on, on that whole sort of, um, you know, on, 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 on that whole focus. Um, so, you know, and one of the interesting things that we, um, we notice is um, technology firm, there's a technology um, dark research firm called CB Insights. And they identify, um, every year they put out a report that, that sort of, they, they scan the globe. Um, they look at early to mid-stage cybersecurity ventures, um, which they say has the potential to transform cybersecurity. Um, there's 28 companies in their 2020 report. 75% were um, headquartered in the US, which is probably not that surprising. And there were two of the 28 companies in APAC. Um, one in Australia, um, a company called Casada, um, and one in Japan, a company called Bitkey. So we believe there is significant um, untapped potential in our region and attractive investment growth opportunities, especially for early stage startups. Um, we also recognise um, that the, the need to diversify our pipeline of potential investments across the region um, and, and, and I've touched on this before, given you know, that there, there, there are actually limited opportunities to deploy capital in Australia. And you know, there, there are some great opportunities, but if you were to um, put all of your um, capital and put all of your eggs in the Australian basket, it would be quite difficult to get a, a, a good diversification. Um, and you know, there, there's just a great diverse range of opportunities presenting in the region. So um, we have um, worked with the cybersecurity accelerators Cylon and I-71 in Singapore, as well as SciRise in Melbourne um, for the past two years. And we've met and mentored um, cyber startups through them. There's a very um, vibrant startup scene in Singapore, um, meaning that it, it does attract um, some of the best and brightest founders from all around the world. Um, who aim to grow or expand regionally and globally from Singapore. Um, so, you know, if you if you go and look at the um, program that that Cylon and I-71 run in Singapore, you get um, you know a couple of homegrown Singaporeans, um, but then you get people from Europe, you get people from um, India, um, Indonesia, Australia. There's there's often uh, at least one or two Australians doing that program in in Singapore. Um, so, so it, it really um, has um, got a, a good um, foundational base and, and a good global brand in terms of attracting startups. Um, New Zealand, we find a, a obviously a very small market, um, a, but has a very strong, um, mature 
cybersecurity research and development capabilities. And it's also done um, really well um, with collaborative partnership models, with government, industry and academia sort of um, really working very closely and, you know, funding um, cybersecurity research um, commercialization. So, so that's, that's a really um, strong thing that New Zealanders do really well. Um, and, you know, we have Japan specialists within our networks to explore cybersecurity opportunities in what's arguably the most tech advanced nation in, in Asia. Um, and um, India and Vietnam have featured quite often in our conversations, um, given their high numbers and high standards of their STEM graduates and, of course, their, their relatively low cost base. So, you know, we, we, we see there's, you know, the, there's lots of interesting happen things happening right across the region. Um, and um, we're, we're, we're keeping our eyes out for them. Um, we look to, we're, we're obviously looking to secure um, investment support from Australia and elsewhere in the region, um, except for China, um, and or looking also for investment support from the other five eyes countries. Um, and on the China um, issue, we excluded Greater China, which means um, China, Hong Kong, Macau, um, from our investment universe and from our investor base, really from inception. Um, having, uh, I suppose, lived and worked, uh, a number of us lived and worked in, in, in Asia and of course had dealings um, with China in, in, in that regard, we, we see and, and, and we recognise that China is a huge market and really requires specialists, in-depth, in-depth networks, it requires specialist knowledge, and it requires specialist access. And we have none of those. So, you know, really recognizing our, um, our weaknesses, I suppose, in, in that sense, um, that we don't have the capability. Um, as a startup VC firm, we've got zero China expertise amongst our team. So, so you know, that, that was the, what the main reason to do that. The other thing to, um, in, on the investment side is um, coming across opaque um, ownership structures and, and the source of funds. Um, it's, it's really problematic um, where, you know, if you're looking at thinking about cybersecurity investments, it's a sector that has, you know, very strong crossover with national security, intelligence and policing applications and um, we need to look very closely at, at the source of funds in, in, in that sense. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you mentioned before that Bye Bye Capital has a social impact focus and theme. Could you tell us a bit more about that, please? Hmm, love to. Um, so our principles um, came together originally um, and through a, a, a re real shared interest and, and, and passion. Um, in social impact opportunities. Um, they were really our first conversations when, when we first started talking um, back in 20, 2018, when we were exploring how we could work together and, and, and really are, are, are the, you know, some of the values that, that unite us. Um, there's two, ex two aspects to how we consider social impact um, in cybersecurity. Um, first, we screen out the bad. Um, this is relatively straightforward. Um, we really exclude from consideration um, any enterprises that are 
that are in or facilitate activities that cause harm. So that you know that that's a pretty obvious, you know, straightforward sort of exclusion um, exercise. Um, secondly, we also actively seek out founders and businesses that um, create positive and lasting impacts, um, be it for um, individuals, it, it could be individuals um, amongst their, their own teams, um, or you know, in, in individuals in, in their customers or, or, or the general society. Um, it, it, it could be um, social impacts that they focus on for local communities, or it could really be, you know, a much bigger picture and a national, regional, and, and, and global sort of social impact that they're aiming for. Um, so, you know, positive, I, I suppose, positive screening um, is much more, much more nuanced uh, and really makes us think about, you know, the meaning of impact um, when we look at, at, at startups, what are the intended and unintended impacts of the business? Um, can we quantify, can we measure impact and understand, um, uh, and I suppose this, this is quite critical, understand what that means for the financial model. Um, our investment due diligence process has technology, obviously, and um, business and financial metrics as core building blocks. But we also look um, for founders who share our values and, and, and want to change the world for the better. So, you know, the, the idealistic people, the people who have um, a vision of, um, you know, make it, making the place a little bit better, e even if it's a small little bit better um, for everyone. Um, and, you know, in, in sort of looking at um, the social impact, obviously diversity um, is, is something that we've, we've thought a lot about and, and, spo and spoken a lot about. And you know we we find that there's so much lip service paid to diversity, especially here in Australia. Um, you know, in 2020, there's so little progress made tackling diversity. Um, and in Australia, diversity is, has got a you know has taken on a very narrow um, focus. And um, when when people talk about diversity, when corporates talk about diversity, they almost always exclusively mean gender diversity. Um, and you know it, this continues to be very high on obviously on the on the corporate agenda, and we really strongly believe that the debate about diversity needs to be much broader and much more mature. Um, you know we we don't think you can focus on one aspect of what is essentially a very complex, multi-layered problem, and consider that you can fix it by just looking at one aspect of it. Um, and in the context of cybersecurity, um, we, we strongly believe um, that there is a, a very strong case for thinking deeply and broadly about diversity and its potential to influence outputs and outcomes for, for, for startups and, and, and for cybersecurity companies. Um, and of the multiple dimensions of diversity, we rate gender ethnicity and nationality, and neural diversity as probably the top three that most resonate with us as, as a firm. Um, from a social impact angle, we seek out the startups with female founders, um, multi-ethnic and multinational teams, and teams that are inclusive of the neurodivergent. So, you know, we, um, we do a bit of a, a, a screen and, and when we sort of start looking at 
um, startups, it's um, it's not the technical thing. Obviously, you know, we, we need to ensure that the technical aspects stack up at the end of the day. But at, at right at the start of it, it's, you know, who are the founders? Um, what's the team like? What do they believe in? Because, you know, we don't believe that you can take the conversation very far if um, you feel that any of those elements uh, don't, don't quite gel with what you believe in. Um, so, you know, so we, we sort of um, really seek out, you know, the, the, the founders and, and it's actually, um, it's actually been quite interesting in Australia, we have been able to come across, you know, teams that are much more diverse, not just in, in terms of gender, um, than you would expect. So that, that's been, that's been really promising. Obviously, um, in Singapore where, um, diversity is, it's, I suppose, much more ingrained into, um, just societal norms. Um, that's not such, such a, a big thing. Um, but, um, but we know from, you know, VC and general investment data in Australia that, um, the closed networks um, inequality to access, you know, to to access decision makers, influencers, and capital means that startups here tend to get, you know, they, the the ones that are not, um, I suppose, in the mould of what, um, you know, the general VC and investing public look at, means that you know the the more diverse startups tend to sometimes get overlooked at best and ignored at worst, and you know the the rippling social impacts um, of being able to open a door, of being able to, you know, provide an introduction, providing access can be, you know, hugely profound for, you know, individual founders, obviously, but also for, fam you know, their families, their community and, and, and society. So, you know, over and above, you know, the social impact, we think there are also clear and direct benefits to the cybersecurity sector um, for, Seriously tackling diversity um, and building um, much more inclusive cultures. Um, and you know, if you if you think about you know what the sector is about, it's it's built on um, ideas, it's built on dreams, it's built on the imaginings of the the, the super creative thinkers. Um, and we we think that, and we've come across a number of examples where. Diverse teams of um, of cybersecurity founders who are really trying to shift the dial. If if you have diversity, you can move the dial from being just smart, which is pretty good, to absolutely brilliant. Um, and you know the most innovative, elegantly constructed solutions we find often often spring from piecing together. Um, Different worldviews, different perspectives, different thought processes. Um, and we, we see, we, we've seen a real life example of this. Um, we have made um, our first investment in a Dutch Singaporean startup called Detect. Um, and half of Detect's development team and one of the co-founders are on the autism spectrum. And so what they've done is melded together um, neurotypical and neurodivergent talent. Um, and produced um, a platform called, which they, they call Raven, uh, a, a multi-purpose data platform. 
and has you know it combines elegant thinking with security intelligence know-how um, and and the ability to process and digest complexity fast. Um, it it really has sort of um, if we if we've had we've had the technology um, obviously looked at very closely by um, quite a number of um, technology experts and everyone has been struck with um, how really beautiful the the technology has you know the, the the development of that technology is you know they they, they say it's a thing of beauty um, and um, you know and and it, it works you know it works really well as well so you know that that's that's one of the and we think one of the reasons why they've been able to do that that no one else has been able to do is this melding of different worldviews and and different talents um, from your new, neurotypical with your neurodivergent. Um, so and DTAC has generated significant interest in in Europe and Singapore, both for its technology and and for its deliberate st strategy of creating a neurodiverse team. So that that's um, you know really creating so, quite a lot of interest. Um, the other thing too is that we believe that if we embrace diversity, um, the sector is going to be able to then tackle tackle what um, everyone um, acknowledges is an acute scarcity of um, professional resources. Um, I think the current um, global short, shortage of cybersecurity talent talent is estimated at around two million. Um, a lot. <laughs> Um, and there's Australia's cybersecurity strategy um, 2020 um, also you know refers to the need to grow a skilled cybersecurity workforce. Um, we see that um, ACSC runs workforce programs, including one specially for women. Um, and but we we think also proposing one gender-based solution to address an acute workforce shortage. Um, is of course an incomplete answer to a complex multi-dimensional problem and there is now enough evidence to suggest that um, the neurodiverse particularly um, the people who are high functioning um, on the on the autism spectrum have um, a special aptitude for and can be trained in roles in cybersecurity. Um, we also see that our, our called communities, so our cultural, culturally and linguistically diverse communities, have many young trained um, and untrained, just pure raw talent, um, tech-savvy entrepreneurial um, professionals, um, include, and, and also including qualified professionals from refugee and migrant communities. So, you know, we, we strongly encourage government, industry, the educators, and employers to consider diversity more broadly and look more widely for untapped potential because we can't see that you know going down the same path that we have um, is going to be able to solve this um, very very acute shortage problem. Yeah I, I like how nuanced and multi-pronged Five Eyes approach to considering social impact in the work has been approached. I really love that. Um, apart from the social impact angle does Five Eye Capital operate differently from other venture capital firms? Um, yeah, we like to think that we do. Um, 
And certainly the feedback we've received from, you know, our, our many interactions with startups and, and others in the space supports this. Um, we, I suppose which it's not that surprising that we're taking a different tack too because we, none of us really, um, apart from one of our advisors, come from a traditional VC or, or, or PE background. Um, you know, and, and at the end of the day, we, you know, we acknowledge our fiduciary obligations to our investors that obviously we need to invest wisely and with care. Um, but, um, you know, financial stewardship is given, but not on the basis of maximum financial reward at any cost and all costs. So, you know, we, we see first that we, and, and we very strongly focus on operating on the basis that we we build strong and trusted supportive relationships with everyone we deal with. Um, you know, this could be startups that we meet, um, those that we may invest in, um, and and all of our networks. You know, including you know the accelerators, the the academics that we that we talk to and and um, hope to partner with, um, research bodies. The, and, and, and obviously government and industry players. Um, and, and we apply the same, um, the same focus and the same, I suppose, worldview um, to other PE and, and VC firms who may be interested in, in cyber um, in the sense that, you know, we, we are very happy and open to share our insights and knowledge and um, we would much rather build strong positive relationships than uh, be competitive um, and um, pushing people out of the way. Um, so, so that's, that's, that's how we, we've, and you know, and I, I think that sort of reflects the sort of um, operational and, and um, worldview that each of us, um, the, the four principles came with anyway. Um, and you know, so and what we've done, I suppose, is um, we've tried to build that build relationships, and um, in doing so, um, before we even started in doing any investing, and we've we've done one, um, we have mentored um, and advised um, a number of startups in Australia and Singapore, and we continue to do so. Um, you know, we work actively and closely with. Um, those startups um, that we that we mentor and we and we support, um, we like to think that we we you know we we, we give advice, we nurture, um, we guide, and um, we also draw on our networks, our expert panel across cybersecurity, um, investments, business, innovation, um, and um, we put we we put this hands really hands on I suppose. Um, investment operating model um, to our investment, um, our currently one investment detect. And um, what we see is it's not just about the financial investment, um, it's really providing, you know, targeted, intensive, in-kind support um, and, and mentoring. Um, and that can often um, make the difference between success and failure. So if you if you build you know a close enough relationship with with your investments, 
um, I think, you, and, and you know, nurture and respect um, where where they're coming from and can provide them with access to um, a, a whole range of expertise and experience and networks um, that can often move them um, over the line to success um, rather than failure. Um, and so our consideration of people um, is, is just, as, just as important as our, access, our assessment of the technology and, and financial metrics. And I think as I indicated earlier, you know, we really start with the people. Um, that's, that's where it, it really starts and um, we really need to be very confident and, and very um, secure in our knowledge that um, you know the, the founders are the sorts of people who share our value, who share our worldview, um, and are able and willing to to in, involve us um, in what can be quite an intensive um, relationship. And um, you know, we what we seek to do really then is um, obviously our as a VC firm, we need to make profitable profitable investments. Um, as, as part of um, what we do, but we also seek to do it within a, a fair and equitable framework that contributes to developing the cyber security ecosystem and really enhances the security of our digital world. Wow, that's incredible. Thank you. Uh, this is the question that everyone is asking at the moment. Um, you know, the world has changed so drastically as a result of COVID-19. Mm-hmm. How has this impacted the VC industry? Um, so, yes, so we, we've had fear, um, distraction, uncertainty, um, and that's really permeated every aspect of all our lives, I think. And, you know, for many of us, it continues to do so, especially for us. For those of us in Melbourne, where we're still in semi-hard lockdown, um, and really industries have been, you know, upended, and what looked like strong bets for strong growth and profits now on life support. So, you know, we only have to think about hospitality and travel, and you know, the airlines. Um, it, it is really quite. Um, I don't think anyone really imagined that we would um, be in this position, um, that there would be such a huge impact um, on, on everyone um, and, and all our lives. So there, there is, a, a, a not, you know, not surprisingly, there is nervousness around traditional investments, um, including you know, in property and listed equities, the, the um, cash and qu- cash equivalents, you know, historically low interest rates have investors looking for yield. Um, for some investors, um, this has translated into um, more of a willingness to look at and consider non-traditional um, investments such as VC and PE investing and investing in startups. Um, and you know, there, there are a number of VC firms, including um, the US tech VC firm Excel, um, who has had you know an absolutely exceptional year. Um, but we, and and you know with with COVID-19 accelerating the move to um, online working, learning, you know, retail, socialising, you know, what aspect of our lives don't we do online now? Um, 
many many technology companies have been able to capitalize on demand um, with customer acquisition and, and volume. So the, the you know the interest in technology, um, the tech startups, and you know their growth and ex, um, expansion potential may well translate to particular um, interest in tech VC investment, including cyber. But um, you know at the moment I think there is still too much um, distraction. Um, people are still um, concerned and. I expect that this will probably continue until the end of the year, and hopefully um, there will be um, new interest and or, or accelerated interest when we all reopen and we all sort of uh, start living a COVID normal life, um, and people can you know re regroup, rethink, um, refocus their attention on the future, which will look very different from what we've experienced so far. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, flowing on from that, what does investment in cybersecurity look like in 2020 and beyond? Yeah. Um, so, you know, as, as, as I mentioned, I think 2020 has really put the brakes on investing in all sectors. And, you know, for us, for, for, for 5i, it's, it's especially difficult um, because we're a startup VC firm with no previous VC exit track record. Um, and we are, you know, cyber is a sector that is for, certainly from an investment perspective is not well understood. So, you know, our job um, is really to help investors understand the sector, um, to see its breadth and its depth, its applications, um, the burning problems and, and, and the brilliant solutions that are, that are coming out. Um, we invested in DTACT um, using personal funds from our four principles um, and that was really made to help us build a track record and give you know a real example of a cybersecurity investment that our fund would make. So you know we, we, we have had many conversations and continue to have many conversations with many potential investors um, from government in, and institutional corporate investors, um, the industry super funds, wealth management advisors, um, and family offices. Um, and the conversations go on. And you know, we have had almost universal positive affirmation of what we're trying to achieve. Um, there is strong interest in our singular thematic in, in cybersecurity. Um, but the challenge is, of course, turning the positive, strong interest into um, to, into actual investment. Um, and you know, we 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 are turning our minds to structural barriers um, such as our fund size, um, too small. We you know we we are essentially too small for institutional investors, um, and really um, also thinking about being flexible enough to deal with investors who may have a particular bent. For example, um, some investors who have a particular interest in investing in female founders. Um, and we have, you know, we've come across a number of um, female founders in, in the cybersecurity space. So, you know, perhaps um, having conversations with, with those investors um, would, would be um, quite fruitful. Um, it's also a very difficult time for the startups who are seeking funding. 
um, maybe more so. Um, it, they're not able to um, get out there and you know talk about um, what they're doing and, and show um, their their um, their product and their service. Um, getting access to decision makers or influencers who will understand the value of the offering. Um, for example, the CISOs is difficult. Um, even it's, it's always difficult, and even more so now when you know everyone's locked up at home. And um, the you know the whole I suppose working dynamic has changed from um, supporting the systems at the um, the large offices, office spaces, to this whole idea of employees being scattered all around the state um, and, and people, you know, working using um, their home internet and, and all of the, the issues that that, that that sort of raises. Um, and we, we also find that you now with government and um, particularly the large corporates, um, their risk management frameworks active, actually actively discourage CISOs from experimenting or trialing startups. Um, but we're hopeful that you know with this whole um, what what has happened now, um, and with this whole need to um, support and build local economies, that national and state governments will reassess their government strategies to support local SMEs, um, which would open doors then you know for for proof of concept trials or for for contracts. Um, and there's the national cybersecurity strategy, obviously, and the New South Wales government has also um, established a digital restart fund. There's now, um, you know, quite a lot of attention, or, or more than there used to used to be, on the importance of, of cybersecurity and the need to grow the industry here in Australia. Um, I think accessing any funds available will still be um, not straightforward and not as easy. There is um, still no clear strategy um, at either the national or New South Wales level um, of direct investing, and, and you know that's one of the uh, points that we have been pushing with both um, the New South Wales government and, and the federal government that there needs to be some clear um, strategy and direction about actually investing money, um, government money, um, in startups and SMEs in the cyberspace and not just um, waiting for industry itself to build that sector up. Um, so, you know, 2020, I think we'll, um, we're, we're almost, you know, we're almost into the last quarter. It's a very scary thought. Um, you know, it's, it's a year of consolidation and pivoting and reassessing um, our target markets, um, potential investors, and you know for you know the cybersecurity market demands. We want um, really to be then ready to re-engage and restart our conversations when we are able to emerge from lockdown, and you know us and, and everyone else can focus our minds on something other than COVID. That would be nice, wouldn't it? It sounds like Five Eyes really in tune with the needs of the cybersecurity market. And you guys are having significant interest in Five Eye, which is really exciting. Yeah.
what what's the best way for our listeners to follow where Bye Bye goes and how to get in contact if they're interested? Oh, we, we, yeah, we'd love to um, get in touch with, with anyone with an interest. Um, um, they can probably email me. Um, email's good. Um, my email is cat, C-A-T, at 5i, the letter I, dot capital. Um, or um, people can find me and my fellow principals. That's Trevor Chudley, Michael Fieldhouse, Michael Liu on LinkedIn. Um, we, put, we do put out an infrequent blog post called Cyber Perspectives that we publish on our website. And our website is um, 5i.capital, um, which we also post on LinkedIn. So, you know, we would really love to connect with anyone interested in any aspect of what we do um, or any, any aspect of anything that, you know, I've spoken about. Um, so we encourage people to please get in touch. Right. Thank you so much for your time today, Kat. It has been so insightful to learn about 5i and I love the focus on cybersecurity and the social impact um, focus as well. It's been really incredible to hear about it. It's been a pleasure. It's been lovely having a chat.